You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, and welcome to the Wrap-Up Live. This is the official Raptors Republic post-game live show and podcast where we recap, dissect, and have some fun talking about the latest Raptors game you just finished watching. I'm your host, Sahal Abdi. I've got a special guest here tonight, the Raptors Twitter uh, savant in Swarlazers, a.k.a., uh, or I should say, Asad Alvi, a.k.a. Swarlazers. Asad, what's up? I'm doing well. How you doing, Sahal? Good, man. It's always good to see the Raptors win. Tonight, they are coming off of another win, two in three three nights versus the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, and tonight, they defeated, again, the Hornets 124 to 114. That brings the Raptors record to 19 wins and 23 losses on the NBA season. And last but not least, if you love the Raptors uh, and you enjoy watching them, do us individuals at Raptors Republic a favor and subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube and our podcast channel, The Rapcast, wherever you're watching or listening. Um, let's quickly get into the game. Some notable injuries really quick. Uh, Gordon Hayward remained out for the Hornets as well as Kelly Oubre. Um, and then on the Raptors side, the obvious one that sticks out like a sore thumb, at least this week, uh, because the announcement was made was Otto Porter, who was announced out for season with a toe injury. Um, yeah, I'm going to be totally honest with you, Asad. Uh, not a fun game. And I know people, Raptors fans are going to be a little angry with me for saying that. But um, it was a win, and uh, I mean, it's not the Raptors' fault. The Charlotte Hornets stink. Uh, it's really hard to watch a basketball team that is very clearly tanking for either Scoot Henderson or uh, Mr. Wembanyama. Um, what stuck? What stuck out for you in this game? Uh, what did you like seeing? Um, anything that comes to mind first for you? Anything you want to mention? Uh, well, this is kind of like it was. It was kind of like the stark difference between what a bad team looks like versus what like, you know, a struggling team might look like uh, <laughs> where the Hornets are very legitimately just a bad team. Uh, you look at it, nobody really plays for each other. Nobody really cares to play defense. There's no real focus on offense. Uh, there was one stretch for the Hornets at the beginning of the second quarter where they had five straight turnovers unforced. Like, I think maybe one of them was forced, but they were just quite literally just throwing the ball away every possession and then not playing any defense on the way back. Uh, but get the Hornets out of the way. Uh, poor Steve Clifford. Um, that man, you know, is courtside with a heart condition and just going through up it. and yeah. down, yelling at his team, trying to get them going. And, hey, yo, that's a tough role. Uh, but talking Raptors, uh, great Raptors game to see. Uh, it reminded a lot – reminded you a lot of the performances from last year that you saw from this five-man unit mm. where you know everybody was buzzing everybody was playing for each other they were going to the next possession quickly quickly you get the ball you have an opportunity you don't move it on to the next possession and you saw scotty barnes dominating the court as a small ball five dominating the center of the floor attacking with his dribble attacking mason Plumley, attacking uh the other big richards i don't know his first nick name richards. to be honest yeah. but nick yeah. richards he I will say about Nick Richards though he did he did bother a lot of Raptor shots at the rim, 
yeah. he is uh surprisingly long but scotty didn't really care he attacked him uh probably i think the punchline play for scotty barnes being tonight uh gathering his own miss over mason plumley and then turning over his left shoulder and then one hand dunking with his right Ouch. hand off yeah. off two feet uh quite the play right and a statement play and it's stuff that we haven't really seen from scotty um consistently throughout the season and it's been a role as a small ball five that we just haven't really seen from him. I think the biggest thing that we saw from the Raptors is when Scotty does play small ball five is they uh, suddenly have, uh, and I think also with Precious Chua being back in line of his, now they suddenly have a bit of a pick and roll game that they can go to. Uh, and you saw Fred Van Vliet go to that a lot. Um, you saw Pascal Siakam initiate a pick and roll. You saw Malachi Flynn use the pick and roll. He had three assists tonight as well, even though he had no points. And, that, I think, is probably the biggest takeaway from this game is, hey, the Raptors can run some pick and roll when they have Scotty Barnes being aggressive as a five-man and when they have Precious Achua back. So those are my biggest takeaways kind of structurally seeing it. But otherwise, you know, pretty professional win from the Raptors. I think the last five minutes, uh, both of us were just kind of waiting for the game to end. And the Raptors yeah. looked like they were waiting for the game to end because they were just <laughs> dribbling at the clock, uh, being like, hey, is this over yet? Like, Yeah, it was one of those rare games, especially this season, where the Raptors – uh, go up against a team that's clearly worse than them. Uh, Pascal Siakam with a huge night. You guys can see it to the screen to the right of myself and Asad. 35 points. He was 10 for 12 from the free throw line. Probably, um, you know, it's tough because Pascal Siakam's, had, Pascal Siakam's had so many great nights this year. So it's weird, I guess, kind of for me to say in complete confidence that this is his most efficient night because I have a weird feeling he's had a more efficient night than this, which sounds crazy. He was 11 for 13, for 10 for 12 from the free throw line. He did not miss a three-point shot in this game. Um, he looked absolutely unstoppable. The Hornets had no answer for him. Um, and it wasn't even one of those cases, I said, where, I mean, they were missing a guy that maybe could have uh, stood a chance against Pascal. Because, I mean, Gordon Hayward's not doing anything either, and neither is Kelly Oubre um, against Pascal Siakam. You look down, and the starters did a really good job. The bench did just enough in a game like this. Chris Boucher um, and both Chris Boucher and Juan Hernan Gomez with five points apiece. Precious Achua came into the game for just 18 minutes, had 10 points. Um, Coloco with a little bit of a spurt, six minutes played. And then Malachi Flynn, who has uh, seemed like at least he's earned Nick Nurse's trust. Um, us had mentioned he did not score in this game. But again, it was one of those games with Malachi Flynn where he did not look out of place. And that's a very good thing. Versus a so one thing that's not very I'll, good, right? I'll talk about it. We're looking at the stats right now. One of the biggest stats yeah. that you see here is 10 plus 12 plus 18 plus 6 plus 14. So you've got what there? 20, 42, 60 minutes from bench players in this game, which is huge. Because yeah. you see the Raptors starters. Yes, Pascal and OG ended up playing 38 minutes. But to be honest, the last five minutes of that game were pretty much just dribbling at the clock, but you've got Fred Van Vliet at 34 minutes, Scotty Barnes at 34 minutes, Gary Trent at 36 minutes. That's a much more palatable minutes load than what we were seeing while the Raptors are losing for the last few weeks uh, at 40 minutes a night. And also, again, something that Fred said um, on the JJ Reddick show was like, hey, like you play these heavy minutes and you get these like late fourth quarter threes and suddenly they're not going in, right? Like when you take, a, take into account the minutes load, um, that was something that he um, kind of referred to uh, or – something you could infer from what he was saying. Um, and tonight, what happens for Van Vliet? The score starts getting a little bit tight. The Raptors finally swing, swing, get the ball to Fred Van Vliet in the corner, who in one motion nails it, bottom of the net, no questions asked, right? And yeah. that's something where it's like, hey, like you have the legs to do that because Malachi Flynn can play 14 minutes. And I think one of the things that we saw with the Raptors bench, and again, the Hornets, not a good 
um, team to kind of compare to. But the Hornets bench is probably equal to their starters in most lineups. It's not like they're swapping out starter quality players for bench quality players. They're really just got a lot of bench quality players on a team outside of maybe like Terry Rozier, Mason Plumlee, and um, uh, Lamella Ball. So what you saw was that the Raptors went to like um, a 3-2 zone or a 1-2-2 zone, uh, and they played a lot of zone against the Hornets in that second half, and it's something that Nick Nurse has been going to um, the last few weeks, especially uh, last few games, especially with that bench unit. That's given them a way to stay in the game defensively, even when the offensive stuff isn't working. And now that you have a precious Achua back, and you compare him with a Chris Boucher, now suddenly you have a lot more defensive versatility, a lot more defensive size. You're able to get the boards out of that zone. Uh, and you're able to survive those units. And Malachi Flynn can't be hunted as easily as he was earlier. So that's, I think, been the biggest thing. It's like, hey, yes, you have a precious Achua back. You have a healthy precious Achua. It really helps the bench defensively, even if the offense is, uh, you know, sometimes Precious did a real giveth and taketh away in that second quarter, yeah. where the first yeah. half of that second quarter, he was fantastic. They got the run going, and then uh, in the back half of that second quarter, uh, the Hornets made back a, a couple of points there with Precious just uh, yeah. got to be all over the place on offense. Feels like Tuesday night, right, with Precious? Yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. like, uh, you know, you kind of live with it, and the best part about it is that Precious plays 18 minutes. So that's 18 minutes that one of the starters was on the bench, right? Which is, I think, the biggest thing that you can get from Precious. He gives you 10 points, which is great. Get some bench scoring. But it's really just the minutes load without losing the defense that the Raptors really need. Um, and it's been missing all season because he's been hurt, right? So I think that's probably the biggest positive. Uh, you can knock you can knock the opponent as much as you want, but I think from an approach standpoint, there was a lot of repeatable stuff that the Raptors did today in terms of moving the ball in the half court and you know getting bench minutes that were solid defensively. Um, yeah, and yeah, the Hornets suck. But yeah, and the Hornets suck. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great conclusion. Um, I think Precious is true that the one thing he's brought to this bench is balance. It feels like uh, all the reliance is no longer on Chris Boucher. Um, if you've noticed the last, I think it's just the last two games, uh, so Dad Young hasn't played. He's been a DNP in both games. Um, this is something that I'm not sure if Nick Nurse is planning to do short term or if it's just something that he feels like is working now. Um, I mean, going into this season, I believed Chris Boucher was quite clearly for me, um, beside Precious Achua, the, the best uh, player coming off of the bench, as well as Otto Porter. Unfortunately, he... Has not been healthy at all this season. Um, but I think it's a great sign that you could get some bench production when you play, I mean, total bench production, when you can play one of your best players coming off the bench only 10 minutes in Chris Boucher. Um, and then obviously the other one in Otto Porter is not um, active in a game like this. Yeah, fantastic game for um, a guy like Pascal Siakam, who I mentioned earlier. Scotty Barnes looked, again, dominant um, after looking pretty good on Tuesday night as well. He was 8 for 14. He was a plus 15, which led all Raptors, 21 points, uh, nine assists, eight rebounds. He was all over the place offensively. He looks like a fantastic creator in this new role for the Raptors and something that we all believed, I think, that he could do. Um, I said, going into this game, the Raptors obviously faced the Hornets on Tuesday night. They defeated them. And uh, this was the second last game of a six-game homestand for Toronto. Uh, after they started it, I believe 0-2, they lost against the Knicks. Uh, or the uh, sorry, yeah, the Knicks and the Bucks, and then now, um, since then, they've won against Portland, Charlotte on Tuesday night, and then Charlotte again tonight. So that marks a three game winning streak. The Hornets, yeah, I mean, we've said it multiple times, they uh, are quite a stinky franchise as of now. 
Um, they walked into this game with an 11 and 31 record. That is last in the East. And we've both been watching basketball a very long time. Asad, if you're last in the Eastern Conference, you are a horrible, horrible basketball team. Um, and I feel like that's just been a constant throughout uh, the multiple eras that we've been watching basketball because we are so old. Uh, right? Um, offensive rating for the Hornets, 30th last in the league, 27th defensive rating. That's third last in the league. Um, yeah, they are fully in play for Victor Wembanyama, um, and they're a half game back. Um, or actually, no. After this game, they are they have the worst record in the league. Mason Plumley, Lamelo Ball, Terry Rozier seems like they're core guys. But I mean, when you're that bad, you, I, I'm not sure if you really have a core guy beside besides Lamelo Ball. And um, like to be fair to them, Lamelo Ball tough. has missed a big chunk of the season. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. which is kind of and. Of course, coming into the season, they had other players on the roster who uh, are yeah, no longer in the league um, yeah, for <laughs> very, very good reasons. Um, yeah. You know, so again, like that's unfortunate for the franchise that happens to them. But that's the situation yeah. they're in. Um, and again, it shows you this is how bad your roster has to be for you to be actually in the race for tanking. Um, so I know that I personally am, it's not something that I consider right now because like there's so much season left and I believe the Raptors are a pretty good team. Um, but for people that want, maybe want the Raptors to tank after being uh, slightly underperforming the first half of the season, um, that's kind of how bad you have to get your roster to, which means it's not just maybe trading one guy. It's maybe trading two, three guys. Right. And especially like if you want to keep a Pascal Siakam on your team, who's all NBA level, like one of the biggest things is Pascal Siakam got, got to the line 12 times tonight. Like, you don't even need to. Like, there was one point, I think, in the end of the second quarter or the end of the third quarter. Uh, it might have been both, actually. The end of the third quarter, where Pascal Siakam just decided, we're in the bonus. I'm just going to keep getting to the free throw line. So, you had to the free throw line, like, two or three possessions in a row. It's where you don't have to take a shot attempt. You just get to the free throw line. You know you're in the bonus. And you know you can draw a foul whenever you want because you're that good. You know you're that fast. You're that much of a matchup uh, issue. And you can just get to the line. It's the biggest improvement this season is his ability to get to the free throw line. He's getting there over eight times a game, uh, which is a career high by far. He's up like two attempts a game over last season. And that's one of the things where it's like, that's when you become a superstar. Once you get to that eight, nine free throw attempts per game mark, and you're doing all the other things that Pascal Siakam is doing, like he's in that upper echelon of players. Whether you say he's a tier A superstar or not, I personally don't really, like I think that, you know, just like at that point, you're kind of just like splitting hairs. Uh, mm -hmm. But he's like, he's one of those guys. He's a, one of those franchise guys that you can kind of rely on. Um, so there's no real point in worrying about tanking or anything. So that's the last bit I'll say on tanking for now. But uh, I will yeah. say the Raptors are a good team. They do have a good stretch here going forward. Like you get Atlanta um, on Saturday, I believe, right? Saturday night, that game. Saturday, um, and Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta's on a back-to-back -back after playing Indiana. So that... You extend, you can extend your win streak to four there. You have a good shot for that. The team's playing well. Um, so hopefully they can keep carrying that forward. And you beat a struggling Atlanta team as well, right? And suddenly, once you beat Atlanta, you're now on a four-game win streak. You're back in the play-in mix. And you're not that much of a stretch away from, you know, being in that final six spot. Either. Yeah. It's still within range. So I guess where they're heading like, after that, it's Madison Square Garden. Um, exactly so the Knicks, which is yeah. again the team that is in that six spot. The top five in the yeah. East is probably like they've kind of separated themselves, but six to ten, six to eleven is very much interchangeable. It's only about like 
a couple games here and there that go that way. One of the points that I made on Twitter earlier as well is like this Raptors team, like again, like it's a Hornets game, so there's not much to talk about here, but like the Raptors as a whole as a team, like in the month of December, they had like, I think they went, they had six games that were four points or less and they went 0-6 in those games. So like, and like, this is like during a stretch of them shooting the ball, just like incredibly poorly. Right. And you get that Tim Bontemps article, which tells you the Raptors are undershooting their shot quality by 6% from three point line, which when you shoot 33s a game is about six points a game that you're just leaving there, which has nothing to do with the shots you're generating, but just shot making, like hitting the shots that you're being given. And now the last few games, you've seen the Raptors are hitting their shots. Again, they shot 35% from three tonight, which is a normal percentage, uh, which is what you expect this team to do. And do you have a you have a positive result? The Raptors net rating is was seventh in the east coming into this game at like a point plus point three. Nothing special, but nothing terrible that marks a team that's like horrible by any means either. And like you know that they're going through a shooting slump. They've starting to wake their way out of it. OG Ananobi's been shooting significantly better since returning from a hand injury. Gary Trent Jr., since his injuries has been on fire tonight, he had a rough game, but he's been on fire otherwise for the last like 13 games. Uh, and Fred Van Vliet is slowly working himself. Now you're seeing his minutes come down, and now he's had three games in a row where he's hit big fourth quarter threes, which is something that we're used to from Fred Van Vliet, right? So as these pieces start coming back together, as you see Scotty Barnes get more engaged again, this team still isn't that far out from just being just as competitive as they were coming into the season. Uh, so yeah. I think, like, again, you go 0-6 during that stretch in December. If you go 2-4 and or 3-3 and in that stretch, like, again, four points or less those games ended right very close games uh your record looks like it's 500 and then like are you still freaking out to the same level probably not right so there is like like this team has had yes they've underperformed their talent but they've also you know not exactly had the best of luck either not that it matters in the nba it's a results oriented league but it's just to contextualize like when you look at the team and the quality of the roster that you know there there are there is a little bit of nuance like in terms of understanding the team. I will say, though, in understanding the team, because I guess we're probably going to talk about, hey, if you're going to look at this team to the trade deadline, do you want to add something? Do you mm-hmm. want to take something away? We talk Tonight's about that game, all the time, Mustard. We talk about that Again, you're all playing the, the Hornets. You're playing yeah. the Hornets. You turn them yeah. over like a ton. Hornets still shot, what, 51% from the game? Is that what the stat she says? Uh, you want to pull up uh, Mason Plumlee's stat line tonight? Yeah, I can do that. Go ahead, pull it up. Because this is like even with Scotty Barnes playing a small ball five and being dominant offensively on that and and being very good defensively on as a small ball five too, the Raptors still have one very specific weakness in their roster, same weakness they had last season, and it is that they get demolished oh by these goodness. big guys, these burly big dudes who hit the glass, uh, are strong up top and can finish down low. Mason Plumlee getting 16 points on six of six shooting. 15 rebounds, five offensive rebounds. Quite literally the only part of the game where the Raptors defense still didn't really have an answer is for these type of big dudes. And, like, it's not just, oh, Mason Plumlee isn't that quality of a player. Like, Mason Plumlee fits a very specific role. And that role has dominated the Raptors, whether it's Steven Adams, whether it's a Mason Plumlee. Obviously not DeAndre Ayton because he's soft. But, you know, every other big man that comes through here ends up having a career night or has one of their best nights rebounding and scoring because the Raptors still lack that kind of like big five man that they can put out there. Coloco only plays six minutes tonight, draw three fouls in the first half, 
And he didn't even play that badly. But again, Coloco yeah. is like probably a year or two away from having the muscle mass to be able to hold that position. It's effectively the only role player the Raptors are missing is that one like role players. You don't need a starter levels big, I don't think. They just need like a solid role player who has size and can control the glass and just do the defensive aspects of the ball on that end. And that would unlock a fair bit of them. Um, and if that big can roll, that'd be fantastic, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. the guy everyone talks about is Yaka Pertle. Uh, but I think any big who can kind of give you some rolling, give you a little bit of passing, and just give you some defensive rebounding and positional play, they need maybe 10 to 20 of those, 10 to 20 minutes of that a game. Uh, and as you've seen, like, I think the last couple of nights, the bench lineup that Knicks rolled out has been Precious Achua, Chris Boucher, and Christian Coloco. And that lineup's done well because they're able to rebound well because they have a lot of oh, rebounding yeah. out there. Super uh, active. So, Again, while the Raptors have all these 6'9 guys, it's great. It's a great look to have, like, you know, the switchable uh, look with all these 6'9 dudes. And for most of the minutes, it's fine. The Raptors do need, like, a 10 to 15-minute big. And I think that's the biggest hole in this roster. So, again, you have a stretch of games here now where you're playing probably not the best opposition. If the Raptors can continue playing good ball, if they can stay healthy, if Scotty Barnes looks as engaged as he is, uh, there's 14 more games until the trade deadline. You go 11 and three in those games. You go 10 four in those games. Suddenly you're at 500, a game above 500, two games above 500. So that's not that bad. Uh, oh, someone just said nothing yet on Fred Van Vliet. We could talk about Fred Van Vliet's game because people are going to look can, at it yeah, and say 11, 11 points, uh, which might not seem like a whole lot. But Talk about the assists. Talk about the way Fred VanVleet managed this yeah, game. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Operated yeah. as a pick-and-roll point guard. Yeah, absolutely. I, I look at Fred in a game like this, and um, this is why I mentioned it on Tuesday night, that this is uh, almost like a momentum kind of stretch for the Raptors. You want to dig out all of your you know, uh, bad habits and all of that stuff, and you just, just use these next two, three, four games, because, again, you have the Hawks, on Saturday night, and then you have the Knicks a couple days after that. Um, you want to use these games to kind of get these bad habits out of the way and start developing good habits. And on Tuesday night versus the Hornets, the Raptors shot 45.5% from beyond the arc. And um, in this game, it wasn't as good. I mean, you guys can see it as the team stats, um, I think, to the right of us. They shot 10 for 28, so just around 36% from three. That is still better than their average, which sits at 33% as a team from beyond the arc, um, which for all those wondering, all the well, curious minds out there. Since the end of 29th. November, they were shooting like 31%. So like, yeah, this is it's eight, been bad. Six, like 6%. That's like two threes a night. So like that's <laughs> six points. And like how many games could you have switched with just six points a night, six right? Just average three-point yeah. shooting. Um, so like, again, that's probably thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um 29th in the league is not a place where you'd like to sit, especially if you're the Raptors, yeah. where you have theoretically all of these plus shooters in Fred Van Vliet, Gary Trent Jr., Pascal Siakam, who I've never really considered uh, a negative three-point shooter. He's a guy that you don't really have much expectation on in terms of his three-point shooting because he does everything else at such an elite level. OG Ananobi as well, who's, who's been, I mean, torrid from beyond the arc in the last month or so. He's right around, uh, he's creeping back to his mean, um, which is just hovering around 40%. Um, I believe he's in the mid thirties at this point, 36, maybe 37 by now. I'm not hundred percent sure. Um, but the Raptors did look better. And then the assist number as well from tonight, 30, 
Um, and they walked into this game averaging 23 assists per game, which, again, for the curious minds out there, ranks 24th in the NBA. So a seven-assist difference from their team average to tonight versus the Hornets. And, again, we're not going to put uh, – myself and Asad and, 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 and all the rational Raptors fans out there are not going to put tons and tons of stock into a game versus the Charlotte Hornets on a Thursday night in January. We're not going to do that. However, we can acknowledge the positives – that it points to um, and the encouraging things that it points to for this Toronto Raptors team, especially because like we've mentioned so far, I mean, ad nauseum at this point, it does, you know, the Raptors aren't running into the Bucks or Celtics next, right? You're not running into an elite basketball team next, which would really truly put this team, um, you know, to the test. I don't know if they're ready. I mean, I, I don't know if they're ready at any point this season to run into, you know, one of the top three, four teams in the league, Um but I do believe that it's going to be a lot easier to do that once you can gain some momentum. And, and I mean, the hope is that they could come away with a win against the Hawks Saturday night and then the Knicks as well in Madison Square Garden, where it just seems like every time the Raptors are in Madison Square Garden, one Raptor just decides to go absolutely haywire. We've seen DeMar DeRozan uh, make that place his home. Uh, this season, we saw Pascal Siakam, Scotty Barnes do some great things there. Um, Last season, it's you saw OG Ananobi drop 36 yeah. at the Knicks, where he you know, yes. made his take on the league uh, before he got hurt. But again, like the Knicks are a team where the Raptors, like they've won in that arena. They that's a team you can beat, and like that's a team that you lose to because you weren't able to hit threes last time. Hey, maybe now if you level out the threes, you're able to win that game. It's not an unwinnable game. They're in the same range as you. The Bucks. Hey, you want to know a fun secret about the Bucks? Their net rating, I think, is just like slightly above the Raptors. They are struggling just as much on the offensive side of the ball. It's why we had that horrendous display of basketball the other night against the Bucks. Uh, that was just like both teams basically just uh, you know going habitat for humanity for the entire first quarter, building homes uh, on the court. But like that's those are teams; yeah. those are games that you can potentially win. Um, so I think the Raptors can definitely extend this out if they keep playing uh, with the level of consistency they have been playing, the level of focus. They've been keeping their turnovers down, another six-turnover game. Very, like, got to take care of the ball, keep your possessions up, keep their possessions down, right? And that's how you can win the game even if you don't have that big guy down low. Uh, just to go through the comments, people asking for slander. We don't slander when we're under 500 because that's ridiculous. No, we don't, uh, we don't do that. Uh, some people talking about Fred as a uh, fifth option, Fred not driving against two bigs. Uh, one play I wanted to point out, I think it was the end of the second quarter. The Raptors weren't really getting, getting anything. It was late shot clock. Fred Van Vliet drives, uh, and draw maybe the end of the fourth quarter, uh, in the fourth quarter, actually, uh, one of the, I think it was third or fourth quarter Raptors were slowing down on offense. Need to get to the end of the quarter. Fred Van Vliet drives, draws a foul on the big while driving. Gets to the free throw line. And it's something that Fred Van Vliet has been doing a lot this season. And I know people look at us like, oh, Fred drove on two bigs and couldn't finish or something like that, right? Yeah. And in the past, yes, it's been a big problem. This season, a lot of that has been happening very late shot clock. And Fred has been a bailout guy. Again, I'm not trying to – I'm not saying the guy's been shooting great. He's not been hitting his open shots. That's on him. But in terms of driving, a lot of his drives are a result of late shot clock trying to create something. And you saw it. In this game, he drove, he drew a foul, got to the free throw line, stabilized the team, ran some great pick and roll with Scotty Barnes. And oh this is probably one gosh. of the things, like, yeah. as much as people have talked about Fred struggling and Scotty struggling and it being like it's one or the other, 
they both complement each other really well. When mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes is active, setting good screens and attacking in the middle of the paint when he gets the ball, suddenly him and Fred become an incredible one-five pick and roll combo because both of them can handle the ball. You can then run an inverted screen and roll and get Scotty attacking downhill. Uh, so both of them, in the same way, when Fred's hitting shot it, shots, it creates more room, right? These are two players that we saw early last season basically carry the Raptors when OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam were injured, right? It was mm-hmm. Fred and Scotty every night with Precious Chua maybe chipping in on the odd night. So it's not like these players are incompatible. They play well together, but they also need each other to play well. And tonight we saw Scotty Barnes being aggressive in the middle floor. We saw Fred Van Vliet leaning into that and running. He ran two pick and rolls with Scotty Barnes in the first quarter that both led to dunks where Scotty Barnes rolled hard, set a good screen, rolled hard, got the ball, and dunked it. And you end the night with, what, I think 17 or 18 assists between the two of them, something like that. Like, that's what you want from your two, you know, guys who are going to be playmakers. So, you know, big ups to them, big ups to Fred Van Vliet, and he hit a fourth quarter three. So that's all you can really ask for. Uh, apologize for that. I bumped my mic there. <laughs> no, I'll grab that. Yeah. yeah. So um, that's what's, that's what what's, I'll say what's encouraging – yeah, that's really that's that's and I wanted to get to Fred Van Fleet because he's looked a lot different these last couple games. Um, and I know people are gonna complain and say Tuesday night his shot wasn't really falling. But in this game, it was so encouraging to watch a guy that, you know, I mean he shot four for eight. It wasn't terrible for Fred Van Fleet, right? Eleven points. It was so encouraging to just watch him um kind of just allow Scotty Barnes to do what he wanted on these pick and rolls to dictate what he wanted to do. Fred Van Vliet's not a bad passer. I mean, if we looked at his his rookie season where he split time between the 905 and the Raptors, and then you look at the season after, we've seen um, a steady progression. You know, his developmental schedule has has looked like just a, a graph just pointing upwards uh, up until this season, right? Um, and I think a lot of people have been confused kind of with his play this season. Um, they watched the guy have a massive, massive year last year named as an Eastern, Eastern Conference All-Star to having you know, a very tough first half of the season. And now you're starting to see Fred Van Vliet turn it around. But he's not necessarily doing that, Asad, with scoring. I mean, what we used to see, Asad, is that um, Fred would struggle and then you would see him go for 42. And then the next game would be 37. And the next game would be 33. And you're just like, whoa, Fred's back. But now it's like we're appreciating other aspects and other attributes of his game. His playmaking tonight looked absolutely terrific. I don't know if this is a bad thing, Usad, but why did it take this long for me? I'm not blaming Nick Nurse particularly for the Raptors to realize that this pick and roll with Fred VanVleet and Scotty Barnes is an absolute gem between the two of them. When you have Scotty Barnes coming downhill uh, with the ball in his hands, it's almost like he always makes the right decision. He's an incredible passer, finishes at the rim really tough, um, can drop step, can do a ton of different things at the rim. Uh, you mentioned earlier how he had that massive dunk. Um, I don't remember who it was on. Was it on Nick Richards? Uh, someone got absolutely crowned in that game. It didn't didn't look great for them. But um, this is something that the Raptors can look forward to. And this is why I said it goes back to what I said about building these habits and building uh, trust between teammates and seeing if they can um, kind of do different things that where they realize, hey, like this is this is working. Like we can do this every single game. So this is where it's like. Some, some things about basketball is just a vicious cycle, right? So yeah. one thing is, like, the Hornets tonight didn't play a whole lot of zone because the Raptors are hitting threes. Uh, and when you're making shots from the outside, teams can't just zone you up and take away the paint. Pick and roll, great when you have, you know, grab like 
guys dry, guys spaced out, especially when you're man-to-man, pick and roll is really easy to run. Uh, hard to run a pick and roll offense when the team's playing zone all the time, just packing in the middle of paint because then yeah. the roller has no space to go into. You're not really creating much of an advantage. You're still you're taking a lot of time off the clock, and you're just gonna have to shoot over the top anyways. So one piece, Raptors are shooting better, so now they can do more stuff on offense because it's a little bit more open. Uh, the second piece is it also just comes down to being healthy, right? The Raptors for like the longest time have not had the bodies to roll. The Raptors really only have two guys who you can say are like screen and rollers, right? Like you have Scotty Barnes, who when he is engaged in the game, sets good screens and rolls looking to score. And he's a completely different player. For the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks, we've seen him struggle where he gets the ball at the top, top of the key and he's not even looking to score. He's not looking at the basket. Um, and this is one of the things that, again, it's like when people say, oh, he looks like Ben Simmons out there versus when people say, oh, he looks like like the next coming of Giannis Antetokounmpo. The only difference is that when Ben Simmons catches the ball, he's not looking at the rim. And when Giannis catches the ball, he's looking at the rim and looking to murder whoever's in front of him to get to the front of the rim, right? It's very much a mentality thing. And you've seen Scotty, it started to click the last few games. Sometimes it's been taking him to the third quarter, to the fourth quarter to be like, okay, I should be attacking. And now you're seeing it, he's just like, the whole game is like, I'm just going to go down the middle and make them guard me. And suddenly that opens up, like the Raptors offense can breathe again. Now he becomes a roll option. The second piece is Precious Achua comes back. And he can screen and roll. He can attack the rim with some strength, right? Yeah. Uh, so that helps. Uh, so that's one piece of why they're starting to be able to go uh, to that pick and roll a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also why there's, there's, now there's you... also there's also Christian Coloco, but he's I think yes. a little bit more one dimensional yeah. than normal, yeah. right? Like Christian Coloco. That... The, the issue is that like if he does come to set the screen, mm-hmm. um, he has to set the hard screen, and also usually like. His player is going to be in a deep drop, if anything. So then you're really looking to use his screen to maybe get a three off. Or then you see what Fred VanVleet did a couple times tonight was come off the screen and just kind of float in the free throw line area, curl back, and then get a nice little uh, jump shot in that pocket. I think he hit one or two of those tonight. And again, it really just comes down to the Raptors playing positive basketball and how engaged they want to be in the offense. Like as much as... I think we malign Fred Van Vliet and we harp on Scotty Barnes being down. Both of them feed into each other. Both of them, like when one plays well, the other plays well as well because they're one and two when it comes to handling the ball. And both of them create space and create room for each other. Small point guard needs a big that can get them space and create that room off of a screen. And, you know, a handling big man needs to have room to dribble the ball. So you need spacing, right? So, again, you got Gary Trent Jr. shooting well, OG Ananobi shooting well, Fred Van Vliet shooting well. Suddenly, there's a lot more space in the middle. You see Pascal Siakam dominating now in one-on-one situations because he's able to get only face one defender. Versus, if you think back to that 52-point game against the Knicks, how many defenders was Pascal Siakam having to slice through and draw fouls against and make all these tough finishes? Now you see the Hornets. He's not even seen a second defender, and when he is, it's open pass, open shot, boom. Raptors are cooking, right? So... Again, the Raptors team is built so that their big ball handling power forwards dominate the middle of the court while their shooters space the floor for them. And then, you know, you can run two-man action um, on either side of the court, uh, wherever you want with a guard and a big or a big and a big, whatever you want to do, right? There's a lot of optionality there, but you need to have guys playing with the intent to score and the intent to make that next decision quickly. And that's what we've seen the last few games, the Raptors processing their offense a little bit faster making that next decision, being a little bit more 
open to making the pass and then just making some shots. So I think that's helped. Uh, but yes, more pick and roll would be great. And you know, when yeah. they're able to do it, the more they can do it, the better. But you gotta have the players for it, which is why you need one more it's true, one more big. It also looks a lot better when it's the Charlotte Hornets. We always have we always have to mention that. That's like the disclaimer exactly. as well, right? Um, really quick before uh, we still have a couple of things to do before we um, exit out of here. Uh, we're going to do Taxman a little later. Um, we may do a Manscaped ad read as well. I'm not 100% sure about that. Uh, maybe they should send me another product and then I could do more ad reads. <laughs> no, I'm playing with you. Um, you guys can see to the right of us, um, actually to the far right of the screen, you could see where it says, get all our premium content for $6 a month. I'm currently on the RaptorsRepublic.com website. Um, right over here is where I'm talking about. You can see up here it says support independent journalism. So obviously now um, Raptors Republic, we haven't fully moved to um, a kind of a payment structure where everything you know on our website costs money. There's still tons of free content. You can see at the top paragraph over here, our most popular content, the quick reaction, the morning coffee, which you guys all read in the morning, and our podcasts are all still 100% free. But for our premium content, you will still need a subscription. Um, and fortunately enough, with our great, you know, tech guys in the back and our founders of Raptors Republic, with Sam and Zarar and all those guys, they have structured this where um, you can, you know, over here you see different packages, monthly packages. This one's the starter package for $6 a month. You get all of the 905 in Canada basketball coverage. Everything's ad-free. Um, and then there's another, obviously, package, all-star. You can even get a three-day pass for just a, a single dollar which is something that you don't see on many websites. And if you really, really, really want to save money and you love Raptors content, uh, and obviously you are financially able to do so, you can buy annual at a massive discount, just $6 a month, $72 uh, for the full year of content. So we appreciate all of you that are subscribed and honestly, all of you that aren't even subscribed just yet to the Raptors Republic. We know, you know many people who still continue to join our live show Many people who continue to support our different podcasts, our write-ups that we constantly do every single day. We appreciate you guys more than anything. Everybody in the live comment section, everybody listening on our podcast channel, we do appreciate you quite a bit. Um, Asa, you've been here before on Wrap Up Live. We always do this thing where um, we do something called Taxman, right? And at the top right of the screen, you could see canamtax.com. That's one of our um i guess partners uh you could call them at 416-243-2912 that's 416-243-2912 and um taxman for us is the player that most impressed you now let me give you a little bit of uh history and give me just drop a little bit of context in here i said really quick we i mean the second name to this award has almost become the non-pascal siakam award um but i am willing to make a uh, a little bit of an adjustment just for tonight because if you feel like Pascal Siakam most impressed you, I mean it is what it is. It doesn't have to be the player with the most points. I'm gonna let you decide. You are not on here very often. We're very lucky to have you, so uh, I'm gonna let you decide who the taxman player of the night is. What player most impressed you out of everybody? Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, my heart rate's kind of just skipping up because tax season's coming up, and while nice. I am now out of that game, I'm just uh, you know. <laughs> Have a little bit of PTSD, but anyways, yeah. all right, tax man. Yeah, we can do this. Uh, yeah. I yo, Pascal Siakam had a great game, but I'm not going to give he it did. to him. I'm going to give it to Scotty Barnes because he did. He played tonight the way that I've been hoping he would play, literally all night. 
is just aggressive from the get-go, dominating the middle of the floor, looking at the basket attacking it. I don't even care how many points he has. I don't care how many assists he has. I don't care how many rebounds he has. I very much care about how he plays when he's on the court. He is an ultimate connector when he's out there. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing for him is to be aggressive. One of the things that we loved with from him as a rookie was that he would come out, he would get the ball, and he would play almost like worry-free basketball. He's like, hey, I'm going to shoot this shot over Jason Tatum's head. I'm going to attack the basket every single time I look at it. And when he plays like that, he's dominant. What's the one thing we've heard from Nick Nurse about Scotty Barnes? Since his first game in the league, it's like, oh, yeah, he had a great game, but we want him to be even more aggressive. Oh, he had a great game tonight, but we want we think he can do even more. There was one game against the Wizards last season where Scotty Barnes started out kind of aloof, not engaged in the game. Two minutes in, Nick Nurse pulls him out, gets a talking to. He understands what's going on. He comes back in, drops 30 in the game, just dominating the paint the entire night, playing as a small ball five. And that's the thing. He's the biggest dude. Like, he's so big. He's so long. He's so athletic. When he uses it and he faces the basket and uses his dribble. He's like, he's a 6'9 point guard, right? But really, he's a 6'9 ball handler. Mm-hmm. take the ball, dribble it, attack your defender. Do it. You don't need to go side to side. Go straight. Make them guard you. Make them foul you because you're bigger than them. You're stronger than them. You're more athletic than them. Stop playing smaller than your size. Play your size. And that's what we saw tonight. It's what we've seen last night. It's what we've seen in the fourth quarters against the Bucks and the Knicks. And that's the Scotty Barnes that the Raptors need to succeed because that player is the rookie of the year. That player is your future all-star. That player is like the guy that you can then have dreams of of being a superstar one day in this league is a guy playing with that level of aggression. And that comes down entirely to him and how he comes in to approach it. And it's a flip of a switch for him. It's just how he approaches the game of basketball on any given night. And being able to see that, that's great. The next step I want to see is, hey, he did great tonight. When the Raptors do inevitably go back out on the road, can he bring that same level of aggression and the same level of positive basketball when he goes out there? That's what I want to see. So, 100% 100% Scotty Barnes played a great game today. Just all approach. I don't even need to know the numbers. Forget the box score on this one. I'm with you. Scotty looks so, so comfortable um, playing basketball. It just everything he's doing, it seems like, is a positive for the Raptors on the court. And it feels like every time Scotty Barnes, uh, you know, is a positive for this team, they have a much, much better chance of winning. I mean, Pascal Siakam has been consistently elite all season long. I mean, he's gotten national recognition from multiple national writers um, who have dubbed him a top 15 player in this league. He's played closer to a top 10 player in this league uh, for the majority, if not all of the season. I think, you know, minus one or two games. But again, he's not a robot. He can't do it every single game. He can't do it 82 out of 82. Um, But yeah, this team plays very, very well when Scotty Barnes is um, playing at a high level. So I'm totally on board with you. Taxman player of the game, Scotty Barnes. I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, so, yeah, there you guys have it. Taxman player of the game is Scotty Barnes. I think that will wrap it up for us tonight. Um, it's funny because when I asked Asad to come on uh, Asad to come on with us today, I told him we're only going to be on for 25 minutes, and here we are. Um, every time I talk Raptors with this guy, it just feels like time is just flying. We are currently at uh, 42 minutes live. We've had so many wins well. this season, man. you got to enjoy them, you know? Like... A loss, yeah. yeah, five minutes, ten minutes, let's call it a day. Yeah, a win, let's just go, let's go. Let's enjoy the moment, enjoy the night. What else are you doing on a Thursday night? Exactly, right? Yeah, well, what else can you do on a Thursday night? And it's weird, the Raptors don't play very many Thursday nights. If you notice this season, I said it's been a lot of Wednesday nights, 
lot of Friday nights, a lot of Monday nights. Um, they haven't really played on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays that quite that often. So um, it's cool. It's a nice little refresher. Hey. Saturday night's going to be a little odd. We're all going to be perched in the house just watching the Raptors, um, you know, beat the brakes off of the Atlanta Hawks. So it's gonna, it's going to be fun. Um, listen, anything else you want to add? For us, um, I know your Twitter. Hey, we're here. We had a good night. Let's just, I say, I say, let's spend a couple minutes in the comments. You know, we got a great, yeah, great viewer base good. here. Great live viewer base. Shout out Top Shot Esla for the $5. Only here for the Manscaped ad reads, though. Thoughts on Raps <laughs> having easiest remaining schedule of the season? Over under 1.5 slander pods next 40 games. I'm going slamming the over on that one. I don't bet. I don't gamble, but I will slam the over on 1.5 slander pods. I think we're going to have a bunch of them. We're yeah. going to have a bunch of playoff slander pods this season. Book it. Call it in when we yeah. sweep the Sixers in the first round. Book it. Anyways, uh, guy began a little <laughs> bit crazy there, but shout out to you. Uh, I'll let Tahal do I'm a manscape ad if he wants to. But in any case, uh, I'm telling you, Sky doesn't know that he's stronger than 80% of the league. 100% agree. That dude. Big as hell. He's just got to play big as hell. Shout out to you, Jesse A. Live in the chat, always here commenting. Super we active, love that. Yeah, yeah. Top Shot Tesla. Thank you so much for the for the five dollar donation. Really quick. Um, and yeah, I'm with I'm with Usad. I'm going to take the over on one point five slander pods. Myself, Usad, and Will. We're just waiting for that perfect opportunity. But the, the thing is, the Raptors actually, you know, their record has to improve before we do that. Like it'll be, it'll almost go against everything we know and love. If we do a slander pod, and the Raptors are five or six games below 500. It just doesn't make the Raptors are what sense. 19 and 23. If they yeah, win so their four. three games, and that third game would be against the Bucks, that would make them 22 and 23. Mm-hmm. Hey, saying. but hey, uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves though. Uh, yeah. shout out to G. Apparently, Pascal's advanced stats put him in the top 10 right now. Hey, Pascal Siakam, top 10 NBA player, top five, top five, top five, top five. Everybody knows this, right? Pascal Siakam, you know, this is the thing. The Raptors play better. Pascal Siakam dominates only 13 field goal attempts. Come on, man. Like, that's where it is. Like, when everybody's playing well, everyone's healthy. Now you get Pascal Siakam getting his 30 ball with ease. And if he does that for the rest of the season, it's going to be great. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, sure. If you want to extend it a little longer, why not bring the Manscaped family into this? Um, As you guys all know by now, you can get 20% off of Manscaped.com and free shipping. Uh, all over Canada. So if you're in Vancouver, doesn't matter. If you're in Toronto, sure. Um, Saskatchewan, I got to do some of this, some, 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 you know, some look at some look-ins at our data because I don't know exactly. Um, you know, I know most of you obviously are originated in Ontario. I know we have quite, you know, a few um, who watch us all the way on the West Coast. I want to know who's in the Midwest in Canada, and if we have some Raptors Republic following um, there as well, Saskatchewan all that good stuff. I know the East Coast is... I've always wanted to visit the East Coast. I'm not going to go too far ahead. Um, I said, have you ever been on the East Coast of Canada? I used to live in Medicine Hat, Alberta as a kid. <laughs> that doesn't... I don't know if that counts as coast, though, because that's basically prairies. Uh, it was on the other side of the mountains. Yeah. I've, I've been to... Far on the West Coast. Once, yeah. I think, as a kid. We drove over there. Um, but, yeah, not really. haven't been able to spend a lot of time. They got great weather there, though. Great yeah. Weather. I got yeah, a couple I mean, friends that's... out there. Let's just say, don't look at those IG stories <laughs> ever. It's not worth it. It just makes you sad. It you does. know what won't make you sad, though? Getting 20% off manscaped.com. There plus we free go. shipping with promo code WRAPUP. Use that today, guys. You won't yeah. regret it. I know it's getting cold. I know in the winter you want a little extra warmth. But just throw on some sweatpants. Keep it clean. There you go. 20% off manscaped.com with promo code WRAPUP. Use it today. 
Yeah, then this is why I love you. I feel like this guy at this point has to be on here a few more times this season at the minimum. Join the two million men worldwide, including myself, um, who always use the right tools for the job. That's Manscaped. Do not trust your local gas station, your local dollar store, any of those places that will leave you with those unnecessary cuts and whatever else, uh, I mean, is happening down there. Also, if you're skin sensitive like me, all the Manscaped skincare products are naturally infused with ingredients to soothe and protect your skin. Again, go to manscaped.com for free shipping and 20% off of your order. It doesn't matter if it's $10, $50, you're buying a bundle for $100 plus. Um, if you use the code wrap-up, R-A-P-U-P, you will receive 20% off your order. Um, there we are. I said... Uh, we have done a great, great service to everybody in the live comments. We have shouted out a ton of people, and we always appreciate the support that we get here at Raptors Republic, and particularly here at Wrap Up Live for our post-game show. Um, Jesse has been super, super, super active in our chat today, so we will give him the benefit and ask answer this question uh, for him. Also, he asks, how many Defensive players, Player of the Year awards will the Raptors have in the next five years. Um, I mean, hey, if things keep going great for the Raptors team-wise, OG Ananobi may just have a say in this year's award. He has been fantastic this season. Um, five. I said, are you are you an optimist? Five. Oh, five out of five. five. Okay. We're five out of five. Okay. This, is, this is optimistic right. chat tonight. We're going five. We go. Probably only one, I'll be honest. But hey, yeah. five out of five. That's what we aim for out here. Hey, and shout out. just want to give a shout out. Shout out, Jesse. Subscribe to the channel. Shout out Top Shot Essa, subscribe to the channel. Timber Timber, yeah. subscribe to the channel. Jabron Lames, subscribe to the channel. Uh, and everybody else in the chat, subscribe to the channel so you can get more of this great content that Zahal, Oren, Aiden are bringing to you nightly, mm-hmm. nightly on game nights. So much work that they put in. Like, comment, and subscribe. You know, give them some love. They more than deserve it. Uh, and because they're here the rest of the season, win or lose, yeah. I only show up for wins because I enjoy wins. These guys, they got to be here when they lose, too. That sucks for them. But <laughs> give them some love, like, comment, subscribe, and you know, keep them happy. Look at that beautiful smile on Sahal's face, make him smile more. We want to see Sahal smile in 2023. Yeah. Okay, hashtag Sahal Absolutely. smiles. There we go. And uh, this, this is why I picked the perfect game for you. Because I was like, you know what? The Raptors are definitely defeating the Hornets. And I know us would love to join us after a win. Uh, before you guys leave us tonight, don't forget to subscribe to uh, our YouTube channel, Raptors Republic, as well as our podcast channel, The Rapcast. This was the wrap-up, your official Raptors Republic post-game live show, where tonight your Raptors defeated the Charlotte Hornets, the lowly, lowly Charlotte Hornets, 124 to 114. Bringing the Raptors record to 19 and 23, four games below 500. They're creeping back up. Uh, this live show was produced by none other than yours truly. That was it for myself, Sahal Abdi. You can follow me at, at Sahal Abdi. You can follow Asad Alvi at, at Swar Lasers. You can see it right under um, his screen right about now. Um, yeah, that will do it. Saturday night, we'll see you guys versus the Atlanta Hawks, who currently sit in, I think, the ninth seed in the Eastern Conference. 19 wins, 22 losses for the Atlanta Hawks. We loved having you guys here tonight, spending time with us. Enjoy the win. We'll see you all next time on Wrap Up Live. Uh, Good night. That was enjoyable. Good night, guys.